This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance podcast on 105.9 The Region, exclusively part of our Discoveries block. I'm Shaliza Bacchus. I'm Afua Ball. Hope everyone's doing good getting into the, you know oh. what, I'm getting into the holiday oh. mood. It's weird. This warms my heart. <laughs> it's weird. No Scrooge this year. No Grinch you know, this year. I'm usually the Grinch. I, I hold that banner high. <laughs> but this year, <laughs> I've just seen lights and I'm like, oh, look at the lights. You know what? After the last <laughs> couple years that we've had... I yeah. think uh, I think we all deserve some joy. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're going to try and soak this in as much as possible. Yeah, that's for sure. And yeah. and speaking of which, you know, this has been hard mm-hmm. on a lot of people and we are going into another year of this pandemic. It, as much as we want to think it's over, it's it's not. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. As much as everyone has been impacted, there have been certain sort of groups within Canada that have been Let's say impacted the most. And again, we're not trying to to say some groups didn't feel it as much as others, but the effects that some felt were significantly higher than others. So we're going to break down those numbers and joining us to chat today about this, about a new survey um, that looks into millennials and working parents being the most impacted by COVID-19. Now speaking with uh, Chief Strategist Officer from YMCA Toronto, Jameson Stevie. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, and we can have a Grinch discussion later. Still one of my favorite cartoons. So, I am with you on that one. All right. See? Thank you. Afwa <laughs> 1, Chaliza 0. Okay, whatever. That's all. <laughs> whatever. All right. Uh, let's let's get into some more sort of serious discussions. Of course, this pandemic, and we've been talking about it for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameson, if you can talk about, first off, um, what prompted creating this type of survey in the first place to look at who was most impacted by this pandemic? Well, so first of all, thank you for, for having me. So my role as Chief Strategy Officer at the YMCA is to bring to life our strategic plan. And our plan is uh, called Ignite the Light, and it is focused on igniting the potential in our communities. The two key pillars are to uh, boost well-being and promote equity uh, in our community. So, you know, obviously those are two issues that have been paramount on people's minds throughout this COVID period. And I think particularly some of the inequities have been exposed, um, not necessarily the subject of our study today, but that's one aspect that we sort of wake up in the morning thinking about. The purpose of this study, it was conducted in October, um, and the purpose was to see and confirm the effects of COVID-19 on people's well-being, uh, even after the loosening of restrictions. I think a lot of us focused on what happened when, quote-unquote, lockdowns happened, um, but even with the, some of those restrictions loosening uh, this fall, there was, we still saw some impact on people's mental health, and so we want to get a sense of what the impact and the effects of isolation on people's physical, mental, and uh, social well-being. You know, I do feel as though the isolation did do some people some good. You know, I I feel like it was a time of a lot of self-reflection, but then it just kind of carried on for so much longer and and a lot longer than anybody expected initially. Mm -hmm. I think that's when we started to see these mental health effects, I guess you could say. What do you think? Yeah, I would I would totally agree. I mean, it's it's hard to remember, but um, I mean, there was the sourdough bread period of yeah. the pandemic, right? Like like there was the <laughs> early days where people were thinking of it as a time limited measure um, that this was a chance for home improvement, self improvement, mm-hmm. and the rest. But now we're you know some eighteen nineteen months on, and and as you said in the introduction, I mean, we've seen impact on um, a number of particular groups. Uh, if I can, you know. 
in, in child care, which is a service that we provide. Obviously, the YMCA is one of the largest providers of, of not-for-profit child care um, in the province and in the country. Um, we know that child care is essential for the well-being of families. Um, and when pandemic happened, um, there were some 70% of females with children under the age of 20 expressed that they exp uh, experienced difficulties juggling work um, with kids at home. Um, and 55% of females who responded with children under the age of uh, 12 indicated they hadn't taken some time off work um, since the onset of pandemic. And so often we think of childcare in the framework of what's best for the child, which is true, but it's also an enabler of labor force participation um, for women, um, single and, and married. Um, and then I think the the burden that women carried, as we've seen in language like the she session and other and others um, was probably greater. And, and our study showed that 83% of female respondents felt that their mental health has been negatively affected. So I think this is something we're gonna see. It's not as if even if the pandemic ended tomorrow, um, which sad to say it is not, but uh, that everyone would, be, everyone would be fine. I think we're gonna see the, the effects of this, particularly on physical and mental health uh, for some time going forward. Mm -hmm. And so you're sort of mentioning some of the key points in terms of how it impacted, uh, of course, um, young women and, and families in particular and direct uh, impact with childcare. What did you see in the survey in terms of how the pandemic affected millennials? What, what was it? Was it finding jobs? Was it sort of the isolation aspect? Which, which factors or which things um, jumped out at you in this survey? Yeah, well, well first of all, and as you two probably know very well, Millennials are moms and dads too, mm -hmm. uh, so childcare is a millennial issue as well. I like to remind my baby boomer predecessors uh, that millennials <laughs> turned 41 this year. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to all the oh. elder millennials. I guess is the term of the day. But um, our study did look at some of uh, the response from age cohort, and 68% uh, of millennials uh, said that the, the pandemic had negatively impacted their physical health, and 73% said that their mental health um, had been negatively affected. And I always think back um, to, uh, if you recall, at least here in Toronto, the scandal that was um, all the young people going out to Trinity Bellwoods to yeah. enjoy picnics and drinks in the middle of all this and the shaming that happened afterwards. And, you know, I tried to say to some of my friends, you know, these are, these are often young people, um, often millennials who've been literally trapped inside relatively small housing options uh, here in the city of Toronto. And when the weather got good and restrictions loosened, you know, what's that saying from Ted Lasso? Be curious, not judgmental. Um, you know, of course they went outside. Of course they felt the need to connect with friends and family and, uh, and enjoy some recreation. So I think, I think we did see some direct impact on millennials. On the employment side, it's a really good question. You've probably heard the language that's being used quite often right now, which is uh, we are in a period of, quote, great resignation, mm -hmm. that people are resigning from their current employment to either look for more meaningful work or move up and in and around the workforce. So we're still seeing um, some of the impacts of that. Our, our study didn't necessarily touch on that component, but, you know, we at the YMCA offer employment services and we are seeing um, more and more clientele speaking to us um, uh, about those issues. You know, it's interesting that you mention uh, the, the whole employment thing and the great resignation because Afu and I were actually talking about this uh, the other day about how so many millennials are actually leaving their nine to five jobs. And this might be a little bit outside of the survey, but Jameson, could you offer any insight? Have you been seeing this? Have you been seeing a lot of millennials saying, okay, I want to kind of switch gears. I want to do something else. The pandemic has shown me a lot about my nine to five. Yeah, I mean, I think it's too soon to say, uh, you know, as 
as a re- former researcher, I'd say we have we have anecdotes, not facts, as of as of right now. But I do think we are seeing instances of that. I think if I could break it down, there's a couple of aspects. One, I do think you're seeing a lot of people in white collar jobs who are questioning uh, and moving on from their positions. I think in the millennial cohort, a lot of it is um, maybe trying to be a little bit more entrepreneurial um, as they're moving forward in some of their career choices. And then also some of the work that they had was pretty precarious. Um, and so it's not only just resignation, but it, it might be that that employer is no longer providing them with, um, you know, the employment that they were looking for. The positive side, I suppose, is some of the early stats are showing that some people are resigning from part-time work to move into full-time work. Mm-hmm. And here's hoping that that trend continues. It's it's going to take a while to see. Last week, I believe it was the labor force survey came out, the national labor force survey, and said we've never had lower unemployment. Um, but I think that's a top-level number that doesn't really tell the story of people who are underemployed um, or not in the job that they're hoping to be in, you know, even a year from now. Right. And um, just jumping back a little bit, just talking about, of course, um, how childcare one of the major components in terms of how millennials were impacted uh, by this pandemic. And you alluded to it a little bit. I mean, even if the pandemic ends tomorrow, there's still a lot of work to be done. Can you touch upon that? I mean, did the the pandemic sort of shed a light in terms of a bigger sort of pandemic, for lack of a better word, if you will, in terms of a lack of maybe childcare available that is going to be signaling a bigger issue for millennials down the road? Absolutely. I mean, I think um, two things I would say to that. Number one is um, uh, if there are millennials looking for employment, Becoming an early childhood educator is in demand right now, um, not just at the YMCA, but across the sector. There is a need for high quality uh, child care workers to provide the service that's required. Um, and as I say, you know, child care is one of those things that has a triple bottom line. There's a benefit to the child. There's a benefit to the workers who are providing care on a daily basis. And there's also a benefit to the family who is now able to go to work um, with the comfort and knowledge that their that their child is safe and, and well cared for. Um, I would say, you know, your listeners probably, maybe many of them know this, um, there is an ongoing conversation across this country with the federal government trying to implement a national child care strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ontario is still in the throes of negotiations um, with uh, the federal government. And so I do think it's, I do think it has exposed sort of the care economy writ, writ large. Um, and a significant part of that is uh, the services provided by our child care, that it's not just in the past, I think sometimes people thought about it as 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 uh, a simple task, and now we recognize it as an essential service. And we at the Y have have long felt that. I mean, we've been providing childcare for over 40 years. We're really proud of the work we do in that in that sector, and we hope to do more going forward. And um, now, also now that you know the YMC has commissioned this survey, seeing the results that have come out and seeing sort of where those impacts have most been felt, what is the organization maybe now looking to do to help remedy? Um, sort of the issues that have been brought to light by this survey? Yeah, thank you. I, I'd say we continue to provide the services that we have um, for some time. I, we want to continue to promote um, our health and fitness uh, facilities, uh, which we think are even more essential now than they were before, uh, as both physical health um, and, a, and a provider of mental health. Um, as you said before, we we understand the challenges of looking for a job, and we provide employment services and employment experts that support people either in person or remotely um, in their search. And then lastly, you know, childcare. Uh, it is, we provided emergency childcare services uh, during the pandemic and we'll, you know, ret- as we return to some form of normal or new normal, uh, we continue to provide those services. And I think, 
largely, and I think millennials get this probably more than most other generations, there's an entire system um, that's out there that we need to continue to help build, particularly as it relates to mental health um, and, the, and the connections that are required. I don't know about the two of you, but um, as much as I've enjoyed seeing colleagues uh, on tiny little boxes on my screen, <laughs> the joy of just seeing people in person yeah. or through serendipity running into a friend on the street uh, vastly improves uh, my mental health. So for be- being a hub in the community and our centers of community, I think it's something we, uh, we're going to try to continue to aspire and, and build upon. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do know that a lot of companies are, are looking ahead to 2022. They're saying, hey, we're going to have uh, a lot more people back in the office now. And I know with the way the pandemic's going, it does seem a little iffy, but it does excite a lot of younger people because a part of keeping that mental health in check is that social interaction mm-hmm. that so many millennials are used to and have been used to for our entire lives. And it just was sort of snatched away from us. So now slowly getting back into that, I think it's kind of getting there. We're kind of improving a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, Jam- Jameson, for mentioning that too. Like it's been what, as you mentioned, 18, 19 months where we've been secluded. That's become our new normal. Yeah. And now trying to get out of that new normal and going back to our old normal of a mm-hmm. social sort of life could be difficult for some. Yes. And so I think organizations bringing it back slowly, sort of un- unfolding programs again to help bring people back to their sort of sense of self again, I think is a great way to sort of get us out of this pandemic lull, if you will, mm-hmm. Jameson. Well, as you guys said at the beginning, the, when the Grinch was alone in his cave with his dog, he's a pretty grumpy guy, <laughs> but he... Uh, he ended the show having dinner with everybody, right? So here's hoping we all get together again, uh, especially yes. over these holidays. I love how you tied that. I love that. Hats off to you, my friend. That is the perfect <laughs> way to end everything off right now. Jameson, if uh, anyone has any inform- or wants any information about the YMCA in terms of your programs that you guys offer, where can they go? Uh, you can visit uh, ymcagta.org. Um, and if you uh, are looking to see our programs, you can see them there and also make donations, um, check out what we're up to. So please uh, feel free to visit, as I said, ymcagta.org. Well, Jameson, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Millennial Balance. Have a great and happy holiday season. Go watch The Grinch with your kids. I'll go outside and look at the lights, okay? I won't be, I'll be less Grinchy this year, just for you. <laughs> All the best. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks. Thank you. And that's going to do it for this edition of Millennial Balance. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we wish you all a very happy holiday season. And we will see you in 2022. Bye! Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from York Region and beyond. I'm never lost because I know you need Always kind and so sincere We'll never part your Christmas in my heart on New Music on the Region podcast, I am speaking with soprano recording artist Alisa Malatesta, also known as Alisa Rose. 
Alisa has been releasing music for more than 20 years and has shared the stage with fellow Canadian artists like the tenors Pablo, Christopher Dallo, Songsbury, and Viva Trio. Her latest release is called Christmas in My Heart. Alisa joins me now to talk about her new holiday song. Hi, Alisa. Welcome to New Music on the Region podcast. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, it's my pleasure. Congratulations on the release of Christmas in My Heart. This is not your first holiday release. How is this one different for you? Well, this one is an original song that I co-wrote with a fellow musician, Matt Zaddy, and it's in memory of my grandmother who passed away in June this year. And uh, it's our first Christmas without her, so this makes me very proud to be singing it in her memory. And can you tell us a little bit about the single? You had mentioned that it was co-written with singer-songwriter Matt Zaddy and uh, Songsbury, who's also uh, produced the track. How yeah. was it working with both of those artists? Oh, it's, it's amazing. I started working with Matt Zaddy this year during the summer months, and he's been incredible. He's been helping me with, you know, polish up the lyrics, and then we created a little melody, and then... Um, Working with Songsbury is absolutely incredible. He produced all my music. He just made that whole song magical. I'm very, very proud working with such a great team. What was the process like? Was this recorded earlier in the year during the summer? Because I know sometimes a lot of artists prepare so far in advance for Christmas releases and the recording Christmas music in the summertime. So was that like a summer project or was it something that you did closer to Christmas time? a, A little bit of both. I started writing it in the summer. Uh, I was actually sitting in my front porch in the heat. (laughs) That must have been fun. (laughs) I'm thinking about Christmas. So, um, but yeah, and then we, Matt, Daddy and I, we were looking over it, polishing up the lyrics, and um, I created a little bit of a melody, and then he helped me further along with that. And uh, then we just got busy, and then um, I actually started... I was supposed to do uh, another project in the fall, but it fell through and it took a little bit longer. So we actually started recording it in November, early November, and then we released it at uh, the end of the month. I think it was November the 27th or 28th. I'm looking forward to sharing the song with our listeners a little later on in the episode. Uh, But before we do so, you are a soprano singer and more recently you released more pop adult contemporary tracks. What made you want to make that shift? Uh, I just found that um, singing the pop genre got me more of a bigger audience and more fans. And uh, I actually do enjoy singing the pop music, but uh, I still do the classical songs, of course, you know, when I sing at church and, uh, and, you know, for other uh, occasions. But um, what actually encouraged me a little bit more was when I recorded my my crossover album I I recorded a pop song uh Italian pop song and um but I recorded it at another studio before I met Bunbury and then when he took over the project he he made me sing the whole thing over again because <laughs> it was too classical so he actually really helped me uh with the pop voice so and then I just got uh more inspired to sing the pop and you do a lot of uh, your own songwriting. Uh, you write a lot of your own music. I just started songwriting actually a year and a half ago during lockdown. 
I uh, got into a workshop for songwriters and they just showed me, you know, some tips and tricks and stuff like that. And then I just started writing and it, it's so much fun. And this is actually a Christmas in my heart is my second one. The first one I co-wrote was uh, a contemporary Christian song called uh, He Rose Again. Some of your latest releases, which I think would fall more in the pop adult contemporary uh, genre. And um, the songs are Crying to the Moon and Love's Destiny. Can we expect yes. any new music in 2022? Oh, yes. I, I actually been writing a lot more. So, yes, there, there will definitely be more. And I am actually in the process of recording or re-recording my very first album that I did over 20 years ago. And uh, so that it's going to be an anniversary addition, uh, but it'll be a, a mix of opera and musical theater w- with a little twist. <laughs> I, I'm not sure now how it is for artists in terms of um, performances and I guess booking gigs. Do you have any upcoming shows or performances planned? I do have a little Christmas concert at uh, a church in Scarborough this coming Sunday. And I actually just did a virtual Christmas show, my own, and uh, you can actually watch it on my uh, YouTube page. Christmas in My Heart, your new holiday song is now out. Where can listeners get their copy? It's available on all major platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music, and wherever uh, you download your uh, your songs. And you could hear Christmas in My Heart right here on 105.9 The Region throughout the holiday season. What's the best way listeners can connect with you online? They can follow me on my Instagram page at Alisa underscore Rose underscore official as well as my Facebook page, which is Alisa Rose Official, and on Twitter as well. I, I'm all over the place. So they could just search Alisa Rose and, and uh, follow me there. <laughs> Alisa, it was great to speak with you. Thank you for joining me on New Music on the Region podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Did you want to introduce your holiday track and I will play it for our listeners? Sure. This is Alisa Malatesta. You're listening to my new holiday track, Christmas in My Heart, on 105.9 The Region. This rush hour and I'm still not done Pushing my way through the crowd Time is ticking and I need to run Those gifts won't wrap themselves Can't stop thinking of you
Christmas in my heart Discovery the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.